Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour on Sid Valley Radio. This is Sid Valley Radio. This week on the Old Time Radio Hour, we'll be listening to a half-hour comedy, followed by a 30-minute western. So, just sit back and relax as we revisit the truly golden age of radio. The Alan Young Show. Well, it's Friday night. And once again, we take it to the little white cottage in Van Nuys, California, where we find the star of our show, that young man who is young today and young forever, Alan Young. Well, Alan has company at his house, and very attractive company, too. Now, Dolores, here we are. Yes, honey, here we are. Yeah. Want to play some gin rummy? (laughs) Alan, I'd like to play a different kind of game. Parcheesi? Bridge? Fantan? No, Alan, I was thinking of something else. A game that makes your head spin. A game that makes your blood pound. That takes all the breath out of you. Basketball? <laughs> oh, Alan, here we are, just the two of us alone. Why don't you put your lips close to my ear? Okay, I, I will, Dolores. I've, I've got my lips close to your ear. And now... Whisper those three little words every woman loves to hear. Does, does everything. <laughs> oh, Alan. Oh, gee, Dolores, that, that kind of talk always embarrasses me. Why don't we do something else? Why, why don't we look through my family album here? Must we? Dolores, I got some swell pictures in this album. Look at this one. I was only three months old. Look at me lying on that fuzzy bearskin rug. Uh-huh. What a big smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Did they have much trouble getting you to smile like that? No. Fuzzy bearskin rug. <laughs> and look uh, look at this picture of me on a pony. Can't we forget about your album, Alan? What a wonderful pony you was. The smartest pony in the whole world. Used to count to three with his hoof. Used to beg for sugar. Alan, here am I sitting next to you. Doesn't that mean anything? Don't you want to take me in your arms and hug me close to you? And kiss me and kiss me and kiss me? Used to swat flies with his tail, too. <laughs> Look, look at this picture, Dolores. Take him when I was just a little... I'm interested in what you are today. Oh. <laughs> you were a cute youngster, but look at you now. You're a gorgeous hunk of man. Oh, I am so. <laughs> Alan, uh, can I have a picture of you to put on my dresser? Well, Dolores, I'd like to give you one, but I don't have any pictures of me taken lately, you know. I can take one, though, if you'd really like. Oh, thanks, honey. Well, I've got to run along now. Please, don't forget about the picture. I won't, Dolores. Goodbye. <laughs> See, she wants a picture of me, huh? I wonder where the camera is. Maybe it's in Jonathan's room. I'll ask him. He's most likely rehearsing. I'll just go in. Hello, Jonathan. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. <laughs> I must have freedom in me, love. You know who said that, me lad? Lippy DeRocher? <laughs> Mm. 
No, Milan. No, no. Well, Jonathan, I hate to interrupt your rehearsal, but I'm looking for my camera. Your camera? Well, I know precisely where it is, Milan. I used it just the other day. Oh, good. As Jonathan Mildew decided to send in a snapshot to the movie studios. So I took a picture of my classic profile. Profile, yeah. The curve of my chin, the majestic sweep of me forehead, the delicate lips, the sensitive lines about me prominent cheekbones. Did you get any answer, Jonathan? They told me that Roy Rogers was perfectly satisfied with Trigger. <laughs> How could they say that about the great Jonathan Mildew? Must have been some mistake. Mistake! <laughs> and I, the possessor of the most glorious profile ever bestowed upon mortal man. Take me eyelashes, for instance. Just gaze upon these eyelashes. Have you ever seen anything longer, blacker, or curlier? <laughs> Not since last week when I burnt the spaghetti. No. <laughs> it's better that way. Mm. You see, Jonathan... <laughs> see, Dolores Darling wants a picture of me. That's why I need the camera. Well, here it is, my lad, right here in my dresser. Well, I'll run down to the camera shop in the corner and buy some film. My lad, don't you want Jonathan Mildew to take your picture for you? Oh, thanks a lot, Jonathan. Meet me at the corner of Moore Park and Laurel in 15 minutes. (laughs) Here it is, the Van Nuys camera shop. Ah, Uh, pardon me, miss. I'd like to buy some film. Well, you came to the right place, handsome. (laughs) After all, this is the camera shop. Yes, it is. Have you anything that's got plenty of exposure? Yeah. Maybe you'd like me to wear a bare midriff. <laughs> no, I, I didn't make myself clear. I just want to get some film for my camera. Well, <laughs> let's go into the dark room. <laughs> dark room? I haven't even taken the picture yet. Why should we go in the dark room? Nobody wants to go into the dark room with me. Now, look, miss. Who can I get to go into the dark room with me? Try the old lamplighter. I don't know. <laughs> I just want the film so I can take a snapshot of myself. Why don't any fellas ever take a picture of me? Yeah. Nobody ever wants me on a snapshot. Yeah, well... Why don't I ever get on a snapshot? Maybe your snap is all shot. <laughs> can I please have the film for my camera? Okay. Handsome. Thank you. Goodbye. I've got the film. I wonder if Jonathan's waiting on the corner. Oh. Greetings, Miller. <laughs> there you are, Jonathan. Hope you didn't mind waiting. It's kind of windy today. Oh, yes, Milan. There's quite a breeze a-blowing. But what good is a windy day in California? All the girls are wearing slacks. Oh. <laughs> Me roving eye did better in Chicago. <laughs> Forget about Chicago, Jonathan. We got some pictures to take. Here. Okay, Milan. I'll take your picture in front of this department store. There's a nice display in the window. Don't be silly, Jonathan. Look at that sign that would come out over my head. Hmm? You too can own a copper pot. <laughs> well, where would you suggest? I got it. A picture of me in front of the Van Nuys National Bank. Make me look important. Well, Milan, just step in front of the bank and I shall click the shutter. All right, back here. Huh? I better move a bit closer, Milan. Can't find your image in the lens. No, still too far away, my boy. Just a little closer now. My lad, what a picture! I've captured Mount Whitney in the distance. Mount Whitney, I can see the tremendous peak, the majestic slope. 
I've got the camera pressed against my nose. <laughs> it's a bit too close, eh? <laughs> well, I'll move back a bit like this, and I shall snap your portrait. There, a likeness of which you may be proud. See a picture of me in front of the bank. Dolores will be really impressed. Uh, let me have the camera a minute, Jonathan. I'd like to take an action shot. See how good this film is, you know? Well, here come three men out of the bank now, Milan. They're walking pretty fast. See if you can snap that. That's a cinch. Gee, they seem to be in a hurry. Watch me click the shutter. There. <laughs> Milad, it's a hold-up, a bank robbery. Bank robbery? Yes, those three men running out were the crooks, Milad. You've got a picture of the bank robbers. A picture of the crooks? I got a picture of the crooks? Milad, Milad, the Van Nuys Gazette would give anything to print this picture in that paper. You'll be famous, Milad, famous. Wait till Dolores sees this. Jonathan, I'm going way over to the Van Nuys Gazette. Hey, fellas, what's all the excitement? Mr. Wallington. <laughs> Mr. Wallington? This brave lad has taken a picture of the thieves who dared to rob the bank. Oh, it was nothing. Nothing! <laughs> My lad, your intelligence, your quick thinking, your bravery saved the day. Please, Jonathan, it was nothing. Such courage, such cleverness, <laughs> such a Oh, Jonathan, cleverness. Jonathan, you're embarrassing him. You keep out of this, Jimmy. <laughs> Alan. Did you really take a picture of the fellow who robbed this bank? Yeah, no, I gotta get it right over to the Van Nuys Gazette. Gee, did I scare you, Alan? Mr. Wallington, he came smiling through. <laughs> Gee, the Van Nuys Gazette is really a busy place. Better take this picture to the editor in chief. Well, oh, there's his office. B.B. Busby. Come in, come in, come in! Uh, pardon me, Mr. Busby. Speak up, come on. I haven't got all day. I'm a busy man, you know. Always on the go, always on the go. Can't depend on anybody. Got to do everything myself. Busy Busby, they call me if I'm not down to the courthouse covering the latest jury trial. I'm over the stadium covering the latest sport event. Well, what do you want? <laughs> well, Mr. Busby, I got here as soon as I could. Just a minute, just a minute. Got to use the phone. Uh, Hello, copy desk. You've got to shorten those personal ads. Got to shorten them. You can't waste all that space. Look at this ad. I am a widow with triplets. I'm willing to sacrifice anything for them. I would even marry a man who has quadruplets and raise my triplets and his, his quadruplets. Thirty-two words for a story like that. Shorten it, man. Shorten it. I'll show you how. Widow with three children would like to meet man with four children. Object seven up. <laughs> Mr. Busby, I hate to bother you, but it's... Perfectly all right. Where's your quadruplets? Where... <laughs> No, I, I don't have any quadruplets. Oh, oh, yes, yes. You're the woman with the triplets. <laughs> I haven't got quadruplets. I haven't got triplets. All I got is a little story. What hospital did you have it in? <laughs> hospital? This happened in front of a bank. Oh, in front of a bank. What a scoop. I can see the headlines now. Baby born in front of a bank. Seven pound deposit gathers wide interest. Please. <laughs> Listen to me already. There was a bank robbery, and I... I took a picture of the three crooks. Just, just a minute. i got to make a call. Uh. Hello. Hello. I don't like the way you're doing your job, see? Most inefficient man in the place. Absolutely incompetent. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, oh. Well, in that case, you can keep your job. Forget what I said. What made you change your mind? I had myself on the other phone. <laughs> no. Well, look, I took a picture of three crooks robbing a bank, and I thought... You... Just a minute there. How'd I get myself up on the other phone? Probably had the wrong number. The wrong number. <laughs> Look, Mr. Busby, I'm Alan Young. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Fellow who was born in front of the bank, yeah. yeah. I wasn't born in front of the bank. I took a picture in front of the bank. It was a lucky thing I snapped the camera. I guess it's just a matter of habit. Habit? 
Oh, Habit, yeah, my, my favorite comedians. Habit and Costello. <laughs> right in my picture, I have a pocket of three crooked quadruplets robbing a triplet. <laughs> Here's a negative of that picture I took. Oh, 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 yes, picture in the cook, picture in the cook. I'll have it developed at once. I'll be right in the next edition. That's swell. Next edition? He's so busy, he doesn't know what he's doing. Little Dolores sees my picture in the afternoon papers. I'll go over to her house right now and tell her what's happened. Hello, Dolores. Well, Alan, come on in. Dolores, I have some wonderful news to tell you. What is it, Alan? I just took a picture of three crooks robbing a bank, and in a few hours, I'll be the most famous man in town. Oh, that's wonderful. I owe it all to you, Dolores. You wanted my picture, and that's what started the whole thing. Well, Alan, there's been a woman behind every great man in history. Mm. Who was it that helped Napoleon to conquer the world? Mm. Josephine. Who was it that helped Mark Antony to rule an empire? Cleopatra. That's right. And who was it that helped Nero fiddle while Rome burned? Evelyn and her magic violin. (laughs) Dolores, when they track down the criminals as a little picture I took, they'll give me a reward. As a result of the picture I took. <laughs> this camera I'm holding is the one that snapped the picture. Honey, I'd like to give you a reward, too. You would? Yes. I'm going to give you a great big hug. Now, Dolores, please. Never mind your camera. No, no, Dolores, please. You're steaming up my lens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going up to get dressed so we can celebrate tonight. Okay, I'll wait here. Oh, there's that filthy rich up there. Probably came over to brag about something. Oh, Alan, I'm here, I'm here. You've heard of the gal in Calico. Well, I'm a great big lad in plod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose you dropped around to take the Laura's out? Yes, yes, yes. I, I came by to take her to Santa Anuta. <laughs> Santa Anuta? Well, I hope you have some hot tubes. <laughs> I uh, suppose you have a horse entered Santa Anita? Oh, yes, yes, Alan. I've got a wonderful horse entered. He's a thorough cake. Thorough cake? <laughs> you mean you have a thorough bread? Not with our kind of dough. <laughs> yeah, you and your money. Well, it's too bad you feel that way, Alan. I was just going to give you a tip on one of my horses. Oh, what's the name of your horse, Hubert? Lady Godiva. Is it a sure winner? Well, Alan, even if Lady Godiva doesn't win her place, she's bound to show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a witty one, yeah. You, you can lord it over me now, but by tomorrow I'll be as famous as you are. What is this? I mean, I can't believe my ears. You can't believe your ears? No, they're so pretty they don't look real. <laughs> well, you, you wait to hear what happened, Hubert. This morning I went out to have a snapshot of myself taken. Oh, how dreadfully common. We updogs never have snapshots taken. Just last week I had my portrait done in oil by Rembrandt. Rembrandt? But Rembrandt's been dead for 500 years. How could you possibly have him paint your picture? I promised him a new Cadillac. <laughs> That'll do it. You better forget those fantastic stories. I'm going to be the new hero of Van Nuys. You, Alan? I don't believe it. Well, I took a picture of the bank hold up this afternoon. My evidence is going to convict the three crooks. By evening, I'll be the talk of the town. Oh, Mother, get out the garbage can. I'm down in the dumps tonight. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm giving this picture to Dolores. But, Alan, you can't compare yourself to me. 
I'm as handsome as that movie star, Robert Driver. No, no, Hubert, you mean Robert Walker. I never go anywhere without a car. Oh, <laughs> you better go find yourself another girl. Oh, no, no. If I've lost Dolores, I'm going to commit suicide. No, take it easy, Hubert. No, that's what I'm going to do, commit suicide. I'm going to hang from my mother's charm bracelet and dangle myself to death. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sure, Hubert, up that time. Wait till everybody sees my picture in the afternoon paper. I'll be so glad. I've been trying to find you. Jonathan, what's happened? Be lad, your picture, it's in the afternoon papers. Oh, that's wonderful. Now I'm going to be famous. Famous is right. You remember that picture I took of you coming out of the bank, my boy? Sure. And then you took that picture of the three crooks? That's right. Well, you forgot to turn the film. You mean neither of the pictures came out? What's for that, my lad? They both came out together. Jonathan. Yes, my lad. Now there are four crooks. <laughs> and you, yeah? You are holding the satchel. No, no. <laughs> you mean, I'm one of the bank robbers? Here's the paper. Look at the picture for yourself. Jonathan, you're wrong. I'm not holding the satchel. I'm left holding the bag. <laughs> We'll see how Alan makes out in just a minute. picture of the bank robbers appeared in the paper all right, but Alan forgot to turn the film, and his own picture came out with the crooks. This turn of events has not only startled Alan, but let's look in on the crooks and see what their reaction is. You miserable mugs, you loused things up again. Ah, uh, listen, Clyde, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Ah, uh, shut up. Nothing goes right if Gertie the Garter ain't around. I chased the joint, figured the layout, and you guys bungle it. I'm taking out my gat. Grady, Grady, no, 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 Grady, please, no. <laughs> Gee, I didn't know you were just going to light your cigarette. <laughs> I ought to fill you guys full of lead. Look at this picture in the paper. How did this guy get into our mob? How come he's holding our satchel? Who is this guy in the picture? I was afraid to say it, Grady, but look at them shifty eyes. Look at them cauliflower ears. Uh, look at them uh, flat nose. <laughs> it's Willie the Weasel That's who it looks like, all right, Willie the Weasel Well, he ain't gonna muscle in on Gertie the Garter I sent out two of the boys to pick him up They're driving him over here now Where? Where are we going, fellas? Anybody answer me? Where, 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 where you take me, huh? I was just crossing the street when you two guys drove up and shoved me in your car. You just can't pick up a pedestrian and shove him in your car. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is California. You gotta hit him first. <laughs> Never saw such unfriendly guys. Fellas, say something. Stop staring at me like that. Maybe you'd like to hear a joke? Heard a funny joke today. Do you hear what the baby Studebaker said to the mama Studebaker? Hey, mom, you powdered the wrong end? <laughs> Taking me. We're out in the country now. It's all deserted. Ooh, it's together. All right, I'm getting out. Don't push. Don't push. I'm, I'm, I'm going up the steps now, fellas. Richard doesn't have this much trouble. Well, you finally got here, you mugs. Okay, frisk him. Frisk me? Oh, but I haven't got any... No, 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 no! <laughs> that big one has hangnails. Hey, uh, Gordy, uh, this guy ain't, uh, Willie the Weasel. Come here, you. Yes, miss? Feel this gun in your ribs? Ooh. Willie the Weasel. Do you know what's going to happen to you if you're not really Willie? Yeah. Pop goes my weasel. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Now I understand. You think that I'm... Ah, huh? Ah, there's been too much talking. Let's bump them off. Ah, shut up, you skunk. You guessed it. I'm Willie the weasel. The roughest, toughest mug west of the east. <laughs> you see? Now, look here, Willie. Yeah, shut up, you tomato. I don't take no guff from no woman, see? Why, I bumped off so many housewives, I got dishpan guns. <laughs> Listen, Willie, I'm still leader of this mob. Not anymore, you ain't, don't you? <laughs> Willie the Weasel's moving in, see? I'm taking over, see? Nobody trying no funny stuff. I got an itching finger trinker. <laughs> Itching, whatever, whatever it is, watch out when I start scratching. Relax, Willie, relax. Yeah. Maybe we can get together. Mm. I like someone tough and strong. You do, huh? <laughs> yeah. I like to have somebody around who's stronger than me. Someone who can bend my iron will. Someone who can uh, hypnotize me. Yeah. Get in touch with me, brother, influence. <laughs> Say, uh, Gordy, if this is our new leader, maybe we ought to uh, give him the uh, dope, you know. Tell him about the uh, job we're going to do tonight. <laughs> yeah, Willie, we're going to crack the safe over at the Hubert Updike Mansion. How'd you like to handle the job? Oh, right up my uh, alley out there. But <laughs> <laughs> the first, uh, Hubert Updike, huh? Hmm. Oh, Hubert. Well, first, let me call a friend of mine who knows the layout. <laughs> oh, Jonathan's home. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, this is your pal, Willie the Young. I mean, Willie the Weasel talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm with the three guys whose picture I took this morning, you remember? Yeah, well, I want you to go over to the Updike house right away. We got a big job. <laughs> okay, gang, follow Willie the Weasel. 
You think it's going to be an easy touch? Easy? As long as I got Gertie Degada with me, it's bound to be a snap. Come on, gang. <laughs> Gang, this is the Updike Mansion. Say, this is the biggest joint I ever seen. Yeah, it's a big joint, all right. Look at that sign there. Make all deliveries at north end of house. Have your Canadian passports ready. <laughs> uh, come on, Willie, let's get in the joint already. Okay. Everybody put on black masks. All set. Now we'll climb in through this window. Yeah. Hey, huh? there's Hubert Updike. He's sitting in that chair. Okay, I'll talk to him. First, I'll adjust this black mask. Hey. Hey, Hubert. Heavens, it's Al Jolson. <laughs> You're wrong. It's Willie the Weasel. Listen up, Dyke. Where's the safe? I won't tell you where it is. Ah, woo, ta, woo, ta, woo. You're going to be difficult, huh? Let me handle him, Willie. Yeah. Dyke's got her own methods. Listen, handsome. If you let me have the combination to your safe, I'll let you have a great big kiss. Well, I'm on if you take off your mask and I see what you look like. Okay, big boy, I'll take off my mask. There. Ooh, how vulgar. <laughs> Come on, sugar. There's no sense wasting the best years of our lives. The best years of our lives? That's who you remind me of. Myrna Lloyd? No, Sam Goldwyn. <laughs> okay, you asked for it, big boy. Oh, mother, I've been ventilated. <laughs> Listen up, Dyke. She missed you by a mile. I won't miss you next time. Come on, now, open up that safe. Well, don't shoot. I'll open it. Well, there's the Updike Fortune. Gee. <laughs> Gee, look what's in the safe, the whole fortune. <laughs> Annuities, stocks, bonds, stacks of thousand-dollar bills, and look, a receipt for the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Stop gabbing, Willie. Let's grab the loot and scram. Yeah. What's that? That's the cops. It's the cops. Let's get out of here. Stand where you are, you culprits. Jonathan Mildew has brought the chief of police. <laughs> You got here just in time, Jonathan. Heavens, it's Alan Young. Yes, I saved your life, Hubert. He ain't Willie the Weasel after all. No, sirree. I rounded up all you crooks. I saved Hubert Updike. I'm just as good as Mr. District Attorney. That's who I am, Mr. District Attorney. What was that? Take him downtown, Haddington. <laughs> Here's Alan. A little over time. Good night, friends. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour on Sid Valley Radio.
haunting refrain And I find you spinning round in my brain Like the bubbles in a glass of champagne You go to my head Like a sip of sparkling burgundy brew And I find the very mention of you Like the kicker in a julep or two The thrill of the thought That you might give a thought to my plea Cast a spell over me Still I say to myself Get a hold of yourself Can't you see It never can be You go to my head With a smile that makes my temperature rise Like a summer with a thousand Julys You intoxicate my soul with your eyes Though I'm certain that this heart of mine Hasn't a ghost of a chance in this crazy romance You go to my head You go to my head Jane Stewart as the six-shooter The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. James Stewart as the six-shooter. A transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the western territories leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, Act One of The Six-Shooter, starring James Stewart. expected to stay over in Smoke Falls, but when I stopped off to see old Dad Somerset and found him all crippled up with lumbago, well, I, of course, he didn't ask me to look after his stock, but I could see he sure wanted me to, so... Well, a couple of weeks later, I... he began feeling better, so I started thinking about moving on. It was nearly five o'clock in the afternoon that day. The sun just spilled over the top of Eagle Mountain. When the buckboard pulled into the yard. Mr. Ponsett? Oh, evening, ma'am. Mr. Ponsett, I'm Grace Proudly. Oh, pleased to meet you, Miss Proudly. I've been meaning to come out and see how Mr. Somerset's been getting along, but I just never have a minute free time. It's canning season, you know. Yes, ma'am. Well, Dad's feeling much better. If you'd like to talk to him, he's no, right in. No, no, just say that I asked for him. As a matter of fact, it's you I want to talk to, Mr. Ponsett. Oh? You see, I'm president of the Ladies' Aid Society of Smoke Falls. Uh-huh. We're affiliated with the church and do lots of charity work, Christmas baskets and things like that, you know. All the best ladies in town members, and we don't just take in everybody either. Well, now, I... Now, this I... is what I'm getting at, Mr. Ponson. Tonight's our box supper in Square Dance. 
It's an annual event. Mr. Simpling always loans us his barn for the occasion. I've spent the whole afternoon helping with the decorations. Now, Polly Sullivan, that's Wade Sullivan's wife, she's chairman of the decorating committee, but since I'm president, I felt it was my duty to give her a hand. That's what made me so late coming out here to ask you. To ask me? Uh... About attending the supper. Oh, oh. Now, well, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Oh, but Miss Proudly... To tell I... you the truth, I... Well, I've already told folks you were planning to come. Oh, but you shouldn't have done that. Now, Miss after Proudly. all, you're practically the first celebrity we've ever had in Smoke Falls. The auction starts at 7.30. You won't be late, will you, Mr. Ponson? Oh, but And Miss one more Proudly. thing. Would you mind wearing your gun? The men folks are especially interested in that. Get up, Sheba. Come on, come on. Oh, come but, uh, wait a... Wait a minute, Miss Proudly. Uh... Say there, Miss Proudly. Oh, dear. Well, after I gave Dad his supper, I washed my face and wet down my hair and started off for Old Man Simpling's barn. When I got there, Miss Proudly met me at the door and introduced me around. The only name that sank in was her daughter, Ellen. Pretty girl. I figured that when the box supper sheet pack was put up for sale, the bidding would be mighty serious. All right, everybody, we're ready to begin the auction. We don't want the music now, Wilbur. Wilbur! Now just gather around the table here so you can get a good look at what you're buying. But remember, you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> now, which one shall we start with? Oh, my, look at this one. Pretty pink ribbon and white tissue paper. Why, I'll just bet you there's a whole fried chicken inside this box. Now, who's going to make the first bid? A dollar, 50 cents. Don't forget, gentlemen, a pretty lady's company goes with the supper. I'll give a nickel. <laughs> now, Spud Hooker, you stop joshing. You know we don't take any bid less than the quarter. Now, who offered a quarter just to get things underway? Look at this lovely box. Just think some nice young lady spent the whole day fixing it up. Then she'll be too tired to dance. <laughs> <laughs> The auction was kind of slow in picking up momentum, but when Mrs. Proudly started in to make the third sale, well, there wasn't much doubt whose supper she was selling. Ellen Proudly sort of reddened in the cheeks and tried to look unconcerned. I, I saw her give somebody a glance on the other side of the room, almost like a signal. Couldn't tell who it was intended for, but... There were two fellas standing over there. Spud Hooker is one, tall, husky, about 25. He'd been cracking jokes and acting sort of like he owned the place. The other boy was kind of a different sort. He's thinner, shorter. He hadn't opened his mouth since I got there. Now, now let's see if you can't do a little better this time, gentlemen. Here's the next supper. My, it looks familiar. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have said anything, should I? Ellen will just about murder me when I get home. Oh! Well, as long as the cat's out of the bag, I might as well go ahead with the sale. Fifty cents. Bud Hooker bids fifty cents. A supper like this ought to be worth more than half a dollar. A little bird told me there's a chocolate cake inside. Uh, Seventy-five cents, ma'am. I've got seventy-five. 
25 now. What about it, Spud? You're not going to let Tom Leverett outbid you? Dollar. One dollar. I'm bid. One silver dollar. Who'll give a dollar and a quarter? Don't forget, gentlemen, it's all for charity. Dollar and a half. Now we're getting somewhere. I'm bid a dollar and fifty cents. Bud Hooker offers a dollar and fifty cents. Are there any more bids? Two dollars. You're bidding two dollars, Tom? Yes, ma'am. Three dollars. Oh, three? That's what I said. Well, now we all appreciate your enthusiasm, boys. But remember, this isn't the only supper you can buy. It's so the only one don't... I'm buying, and I'll take it right... Four dollars. Huh? Well, all right, all right. Going once, going twice, and it's sold... Five dollars. Now, uh, now, Spud, are I'll you be sure... I'll six dollars, Miss Proudly. You're oh. making a fool of yourself, Leverett. Ellen wants to eat with me. My, my bid's six dollars. Seven. Now, boys... Ten. Oh, you, you, now, you don't mean that, Tom. You can't afford ten dollars. No, I mean it. Well, all right. I'm bid ten dollars. Are there any more bids? Going once... Go ahead, sell it to him. It ain't going to do him no good. Now, we don't want any trouble, Spud. Ellen's my girl, and she's eating with me. I'll take that box, Miss Proudly. Here's your money. Didn't you hear what I said? She's eating with me. Get out of the way, Spud. You're not man enough to make me move. Now, give me that box, or I'll take it away from you. Okay, Tom, you hurt me. Hold on here. Just a minute here. Now, hold on. It don't concern you, Ponson. No, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't concern me. It just seems to me that there ought to be a better place for settling things. That's all. Uh, Mr. Mr. Ponson's right, Spud. Let's... Well, let's go out. Hey, hey, where, where's Britt Ponsett? Dad Somerset said he was over here. Yeah, I'm Ponsett. Oh, uh, Mr. Ponsett, uh, Sheriff Tinsmith told me to find you. What's the matter, Jake? Dink Falk just broke out of jail. Oh, yeah, yes. He, he shot the sheriff in the back while he was getting away. Oh, he did. Hey, well, we, we took him over to Doc Foster's, and he's bleeding pretty bad. He, he wants to talk to Mr. Ponsett before... Well, before he... I'll get my horse. What are you talking about, Ray? You're going to be all right. The doc says you'll be back on your feet again inside of a week or so. I don't know what I was thinking of. Letting Dent Falk get hold of my gun while I was serving the supper. Must be... Must be getting careless in my old age. Now, well, you're not the first man to have trouble with Falk. He had a pretty fancy reputation from what I hear. Yeah, that's... That's why I had to see you, Britton. My fault he got loose and I... I don't want other folks to pay for my mistakes. What do you mean? I know this town, Brett. They'll... I'll get a posse together and start after Falk. Well, that's... And they'll catch him, too. But going out in a crowd like that, he'll hear him coming. Falk's a wildcat killer, Brett. When he's cornered, he won't give up. Pick off three or four of the posse before they can close in. Well, not if they're careful. That's the trouble, though. Fellas here ain't cautious. They're bullheaded. But but you'd know how to take him, Brett. No, I, I ain't saying it's your duty. You don't even live in Smoke Falls, but 
you could capture Falk without him having a chance to... No, no, to... I'm afraid you're giving me too much credit, Ray. If I, you want I somebody can't... to go along, any of the boys... Sure, I know that, I'd but... be mighty grateful, Brett. The folks here have been good to me. Wouldn't like to leave them thinking that because of me, because of what I did, some of them was going to... No, 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 you better take it easy. I, I, Just I, I, take I it know, easy. it's asking a lot. Falk's a good shot and a wildcat killer. It's asking... of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponsett. Sheriff Tinsmith had been right about the town foreman of Posse. They hadn't lost any time. Spud Hooker was taking charge. I was kind of surprised to see that Tom Leverett was along. But I figured he and Hooker sort of joined forces for the time being. How is he, Ponsett? Well, he passed out a few minutes ago. Maybe it's just as well. At least he's getting some rest. Yeah, well, we're going after Falk. The other boys are waiting behind the mercantile. Uh-huh. Uh, looks like you've got quite a gang. I ain't got no objections to having you go along, too. Not that we need you, you understand. Yeah. Well, you coming? Well, I had a little talk with the sheriff just before he lost consciousness. He seemed to think that taking out a posse after Falk wasn't such a good idea. What's he want us to do, let him go scot-free? No, no. No, Sheriff Tinsmith sort of suggested maybe one or two men would have a better chance of catching him. They could make faster time, maybe sneak up on Falk unaware. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, it's okay with me. You going to be one of the boys who goes after him, Ponsett? Mm, well, I haven't exactly made up my mind. You better make it up faster. I'll take somebody else. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, well, in that case, I... Oh, 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 oh. Say, uh, your name's Leverett, isn't it? That's right, Mr. Ponsett. Tom Leverett. Mm-hmm. You want to ride along with me? Uh, Why, well, well, sure. Now, wait a minute here. I thought you said one or two men. Mm-hmm, I did. Well, we don't need Leverett, then. Well, I tell you, I sort of figured maybe you ought to stay in town, Hooker. So if Tom and I get in trouble, well, you could bring the posse out later. Huh? You're trying to make a fool out of me, Ponsett? No, no, I'm not. Everybody knows I'm twice the man Leverett is. I can ride better and shoot faster and I'll fight him two to one. Mm-hmm. You want the credit for catching Falk yourself, don't you? Well, it ain't going to work out that way. Come on, boy. I'll find Falk myself and I'll bring him in all. Well, Tom, let's go, huh? Fox Trail headed west, up toward Eagle Mountain. And the moon was out, sort of a half moon, but it gave us enough light so we could follow the hoof prints Fox horse had left. Along about midnight, we spotted another trail, fresher. It couldn't have been more than a couple minutes old. It cut in from one side and then went on ahead in the same direction Falk was riding. Ah, 
You see that, Tom? Yeah. Looks like Spud Hooker took a shortcut. Yeah. You reckon he'll beat us to him? Oh, you never know. Never know. If he does, he might save us some grief, wouldn't he, huh? <laughs> You're not anxious to tangle with Falk, are you, Mr. Ponson? No, no. No, I'm not anxious to tangle with anybody, Tom. But I thought... Well, you brought in other outlaws before. Oh, some. Some. Not as many as folks think, but... Uh... I've never enjoyed tangling with any of them. Why'd you pick me? Spud's right. He is twice the man I am. That's shooting, maybe. Yeah. But there's more to trailing a killer than being able to shoot. You know, lots of times it's more important for a man to know when not to shoot, you know. Huh? Yeah. Fellow's itching to pull a trigger like Spud. Well, he's, he's apt to pull it too soon. And... Uh, Hey, look at that. The moon's going down. Yeah. We might as well get some shot eye. Whoa, boy. Oscar. Oh, uh, you couldn't see the trail anyway. Spud won't be stopping for sleep. No, no, I don't suppose he will. That's another reason I picked you. I. I kind of figured he'd want to keep pushing on all night. Now, doggone I. Guy, along about this time, I just get tired. Huh? As soon as the morning sun began gray in the sky, we started off again. Falk's trail was winding up the side of Eagle Mountain now. It was a pretty hard riding. Tom didn't complain, even though I could see he wasn't used to it. Every once in a while, he almost slid out of his saddle, but somehow he managed to hang on. About noon, we reached Little Creek, and Falk's trail gave out. The other trail, the one we figured was Hooker's, it sort of milled around in all directions, then went off on a tangent. And we climbed out from our horses and got a drink of water. Ah, it tastes good, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. You uh, ever been out this way before, Tom? Oh, yeah. Not for the last couple of years, though. Mm-hmm. Any cabins around, place a man could hide out? Well, not that I remember. You think we're getting close to him? Well, he could have gone on using the creek to cover his trail, but he'd have to stop pretty soon. Oh? Oh, yeah, a man can't keep riding forever. He even dink Falk. So far, we haven't seen any signs that he made camp, you see. That's so. Giant... Cave. Hmm? He might be there, Britt. It's not more than a mile away due south. Giant cave. Huh? You've heard of it, ain't you? No. Oh, don't think I have. Well, it'd be a perfect spot for a man to hold up. Nobody knows for certain just how far back into the mountain the cave really goes. Some scientific fellows tried to explore it last summer, but, well, their lanterns gave out before they come to the end. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like something we ought to see even a fork, isn't there? Come on, let's go and have a look. entrance there, Britt, beside that slab of yellow rock. Uh-huh. I don't see any sign of Falk's trail. I guess he could have come up from the other side, though. Yeah, that's what he must have done. Huh? That pony over yonder. That clump of bushes grazing. 
Yeah, Sam. Easy, Scarrow. Easy, easy, whoa, boy. You know, Jake Watson said Falk stole a sorrow when he made his getaway. Mm-hmm. Now, we'd better close in on foot. We tethered our horses on a couple of spruce saplings and moved into the cave's entrance. It wasn't a very big hole. We had to sort of bend over and crawl through it. But the room on the other side, I, that must have been 100 feet long, 50 feet wide. The walls were sheer rock, sort of rainbow-colored, so smooth you'd have thought somebody had been polishing them. And then the light behind us got down to a pinpoint... He wouldn't be hiding here in the dark, would he, Britt? Maybe. He heard us coming. Shh. Somebody up ahead. Yeah. You got your gun ready? Uh-huh. Now, don't use it unless you're pretty sure of hitting something. We start shooting, it'll just help his aim. Okay. All right, now back up against the wall here behind you. You're in here, Falk. You go any further, you'll get lost. You'll never find your way out. Hey, you hear me, Falk? You're wasting lead. You can't see us. We know that. You can't see me, neither. We don't have to. You've got to come out sooner or later, and we'll be waiting. All right, we're going to leave you now, Falk. We're going outside and wait. Hey, where you are? You giving up? No, I ain't. And I ain't alone. What? I got somebody with me. Friend of yours, I reckon. We're coming out together. And if you try to stop me, I'll kill him. What's he talking about? He, he ain't lying, Brett. It, it's me, Spud Hooker. Spud? I, I caught up with him last night, but he but he got the draw on me. Hold your fire, Brett. He means what he says. He'll kill me if you don't hold your fire. You've got to do what he told you, Brett. you got to. All right, Bob, come on. Start backing up towards the entrance. I don't hear you moving. Fritz, please. All right, let's go, Tom. We backed out into the daylight, Tom and me, and waited for them. About a minute later, Spud Hooker marched through the mouth of the cave, half scared to death. Dink Falk was right behind him, holding a forty-five, aimed at the smallest spud's back. I was pretty sure he wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger either. Sheriff Tinsmith was right. He's just a wildcat killer. He had that stampede look in his eyes as he stood there blinking against the sun. Same kind of a look you see in a steer when the herd's shoving him along. You can't stop or be trampled to death. Hang off your guns. Both of you. Take him off, or I'll fix your friend here. Falk gave Spud a shove with his gun, and he jumped forward. There was an opening now between him and Falk. The next thing I knew, Tom dived forward. Get out of Spud! Tom tackled Spud, and he rolled over. The bullet missed him, but Tom was in range, and he took it. Falk aimed to fire again, and I managed to get my gun out. Bullet hit his thigh and spun him around. Then his leg buckled, and he fell face down. He hadn't let go of the pistol yet. He started to bring it up. Drop it, Falk! For a second, his finger went right on squeezing the trigger, but... No, he 
just didn't have the strength. Tom? Tom, you all right? Sure. Yeah, it's hardly bleeding. I, I should have let Falk alone. I should have let you handle him, Britt. Well, I don't know. Looks to me like Tom did most of the handling around here. I mean, if it hadn't been for him, yeah. you know. It's... I guess I had you figured wrong, Tom. I never thought you'd be the one to save me, but... I wasn't saving you, Spud. Huh? I don't like you. I never did. And nothing's going to change that. Then why? I like Ellen. I like her a lot, but... Well, she's in love with you. If you got yourself killed, it would just hurt her and wouldn't do me no good. Ellen, tell you she's in love with me? She didn't have to. And she finds out what happened today. She ain't gonna find out. I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her myself. I don't want her to know. It's for me to decide. Now listen here, Spud Hooker. You do the listening for a chance. No, I thought you I thought you were listening last now, night, but it looks now, like... Now, 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 hold on, hold on now. Now, I think we ought to get Tom to a doctor, don't you? And if we don't, Ellen won't have no way of choosing him even if she wanted to. Now, come on, Spud. Come on, give me a hand. He tied Falk onto the back of his pony and started off for town. I sure didn't know what Alan was going to do about Spud and Tom. Oh, you never know what a woman's going to do when it comes to, you know, falling in love and marrying and all that sort of thing. But I did know one thing. Uh, that, that picking Tom to go along with me, I had been a pretty good choice. Probably could do a whole lot worse, you know. The Old Time Radio Hour will be back next Sunday at 4 o'clock. We hope you can join us here on Sid Valley Radio.